You are listening to the Curtis King Podcast. Welcome to another episode of the Curtis King Podcast. If this is your first time listening, we do a podcast that is focused not just on the craft of music producers, but also on the mental well-being, the mental happiness of music producers. For those of you that are listening to us for the first time, uh, whether it's on the major distributors, Spotify, Apple Music, wherever you are reporting from. I'm sorry, not Apple Music, Apple Podcasts. I've been stuck on there. Uh, we want to say thank you for being there. Give, give us definitely a five star ratings if you enjoyed what you heard. Share it with somebody. We definitely want to make sure we show love to those who just listen to the audio. But for those of you that are interested in watching the videos, we put this right here on my YouTube at Curtis King TV. Come check us out. Join the community. It's a lot of great, encouraging music producers, a really rare community on the Internet. And that you see a lot of folks on there that just really want to be supportive of each other. Uh, they understand that, as my boy Jansport J says, hate does not have a legacy. Um, haters, haters don't have legacies. I thought it was such a brilliant statement that I saw on Twitter, but just want to say thank you. Shout out to the YouTube gang out there. We appreciate you watching. Uh, why I say we, I appreciate you watching, I guess, because we got a team, but I appreciate you watching. That being said today, I want to get to a few different topics, but before I jump into it, I want to make sure that today I dedicate to giving you encouragement. I want to focus in on giving music producers encouragement today because I think that a lot of my content has shifted over time and that I have been really, really on some of y'all necks, <laughs> like not like, you know, in an aggressive, violent way, but I've been given a lot of tough love and I think the tough love is necessary. But I think sometimes with tough love, one of the missing components that we 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 miss out on even when we're giving the tough love is the love aspect. And so today I just want to encourage you. Uh I don't know what your individual situation is, but I can tell when producers at large or just human beings at large need encouragement, creatives at large uh, by the kind of questions I get whenever I go on my live streams, like the only connection I'm having to other human beings outside of my wife and my son and uh, my family that stay with us and whatnot. So uh, it's 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 tough out here for some of you. And so I want to make sure that I encourage you, but I also want to make sure that I remind you that in the midst of me clowning in the midst of me uh, going at folks heads when they trying to be funny on the, on the live streams, there's love behind it. There's definitely love behind it because I know a lot of y'all know better. Some of y'all that don't know better, you just you just got to be you just got to be told real what it is. But today we're going to focus in on encouragement. Like I said, I don't know exactly what you're going through. I don't know exactly what you're pursuing. But there was a few things that I started to think about just at large with where the producer community is at large with what's going on right now with COVID at large in terms of just the bigger picture where a lot of music producers are in their mental headspace. And I start to realize that there's a lot of there's a lot of things out here that are done purposely to discourage you about your current situation. And if anybody has read my book, which I know there's folks out there in this audience has read this book for sure. Uh, you know that there is a portion in the book that is a very important portion in which I talk about being at a job that I hated, 
right? Having so many elements of that job that I disliked, wanting to be able to work on music full time, knowing that this is not what I want to ultimately do, uh, feeling like I'm wasting my time, feeling like where where is my career going if I'm here flipping sandwiches at quiz at the sandwich place that I worked at? I don't want to get nobody in trouble, but, um, you know, I, I yeah, forget that. It's my podcast at Quiznos. Uh, I just don't want to get sued for no slander, but I couldn't stand that job. Right. Couldn't stand the smell of it. My clothes would just reek of it. And uh, it literally did a number. I stayed there for four years. It did a number on me. Uh, one, because, you know, the smell was something that was just like you could not get away from it. Anybody who's worked in food, you know how it is. You <laughs> you you clock in, you can wash your clothes. It don't matter. You about to go through all the different smells of every single food that exists within that particular restaurant. And then when you go home, if you still smell the food, guess what? All the issues of work sort of kind of find their way around you and you still end up talking about it. No, not knowing subconsciously the clothes have suggested that you continue to talk about it. And so. I thought what was really interesting. Let me pop this out really quick. I thought what was really interesting um, about that time period was that I didn't have a major shift in my mindset until I was able to be grateful for something. And it's really challenging to be grateful when you can't stand the environment that you're in. But that is literally the solution. That is literally the key to unlocking happiness, no matter where you are in life. Um, instead of waiting on a destination, instead of waiting when you get things like your first beat sale, instead of waiting on when you're able to quit your job, instead of waiting on when you make six figures and all these different things that are kind of thrown out there, uh, I had to find something to be grateful for first before I could find any kind of happiness for the situation I was in. One, I started to think about what can I be grateful for in this job that I cannot stand? One, I could be grateful that I have a job. Two, I could be grateful that I'm making my car payments. Barely. <laughs> I was barely making my car payments, but I could make my car payments. Three, I had to be grateful for I was the shift manager. Therefore, I had a little bit more leniency and a little bit more freedom as somebody that worked there compared to somebody who was just a, a, a first month, second month employee. I work with some pretty fantastic people. Uh, shout out to the homie Daylight, <laughs> who used to work at Quiznos with me. Uh, I worked with a lot of my folks that I did music with, my homie Masewal and Caesar. And, um, you know, we went to high school together. And, you know, to work with some of your best friends in the world is like one of the greatest feelings in the world. Um, my, my buddy Eric, like it was a lot of folks in there that made it exciting to look forward to. And even my other uh, employees, not employees, my coworkers, I'm tripping. It wasn't my business. Uh, my other coworkers made it something worth of an experience. And I learned something from every single one of them. And so I had to find a way to be grateful for it, no matter how bad, no matter how ugly things got. And if you read my book, you'll see the ugly details that we're not going to go into because this is not about me. This is about making sure that you stay encouraged. And so what I want you to do, I want you to take a second today especially since a lot of us are at home and don't have to worry about some of the things like, you know, work and things like that. And you're at home if you're not an essential worker. But if you do and you are essential worker, I want you to take five minutes out of your lunch break. And I want you to write as many things as you can to be grateful for. It doesn't matter how silly or how minor you think it is. 
I want you to do this and I want you to look at how you feel after you go through that list. Look at how you feel after you pull from the many things that are surrounding you, the things that you take for granted. You know, one thing that happens is that when we focus in on one thing, all of our energy goes there. And in the midst of that, it's really easy to ignore the things that are going well. When you're focused on the things that are going so terrible, it's so easy to ignore the fact that, you know, you got functioning hands, fingers that you can speak, that you can see or that you can hear or that you can walk or that you can breathe and that you, you know, you're not dealing with some kind of ailment that is that is, you know, uh, uh, making it in, in, in making you incapable of doing things like watching a video on YouTube or watching a podcast or listening, uh, no matter what you're going through, the key to unlocking the happiness, the long-term happiness that you want is trying to find something to be grateful for first. When you find something to be grateful for, it's going to lead you to something else. When it leads you to something else and you see what you're able to do in five minutes, a lot of you are going to go further than five minutes. If you're being honest about the things that you can be grateful for, the fact that you have a roof over your head, even if you were living in a tiny, tiny apartment like I was, um, I was still grateful. I was the most grateful because it was my space. It was my particular apartment in my own first place that I had anything that I could call my own that was underneath my name. Uh, I was extremely grateful. I was extremely grateful even when my fridge wasn't full <laughs> and I was a single single bachelor and I was looking at that fridge and all I had was some water and avocado. I was like, but ain't nobody been to eat that. That's my avocado. Shit. That's my avocado. And so there's many things to be very grateful for if you really look. But what's going to happen is that you're going to train your mind to look for the positive in your life, uh, not ignore the negative. Obviously, I do not want you to ignore the negative. I don't want you to positive vibes only the situation because that is going to only leave you more discouraged because now when you hyper focus on the positive, we talked about this, when you hyper focus on the positive, it puts a lens on the positive that is going to naturally, because we are human beings, make you look for the negative that exists in the positive. Inevitably, inevitably, it's going to happen. So uh, I want you to do this. Give yourself five minutes. I want you to write out all the things that you're grateful for. If you can start to turn this into a daily regimen, maybe not even write it down, but just verbally speak to yourself. Maybe that's your form of meditation. If you're able to tap into that, you are going to be in a place where you realize how abundant your life is. Yeah, you may not have all the money in the world. Yes, you may not be in the perfect living situation. Yeah, it's really, really crazy out here in this year. And as a, and it's probably was crazy for you even before this year. I completely get it. It's probably things that are going on. People around you, family members that are in pain or family members that have passed away. My friend, I completely understand it. I get it. I get it. Even if I don't get it, I sympathize with you. But that being said. It's the moments that we are able to see just how abundant of an opportunity we have. I, as I'm speaking about this, I'm getting goosebumps and I'm getting encouraged because I'm like, damn, here I am sitting inside of a room. It's not a huge studio room, right? Uh, but I'm sitting inside of a studio and I'm able to encourage people that I have never met from all across the world. There, there can literally be no bad days for me. Only thing that it can be is less than a, 
less. It, the only thing it could be at worst is a good day for me. And that's not me flexing. That's just me being realistic about the things that I see because I know the abundance in my life. One of my favorite mantras to repeat was by Tony Robbins. He says, God's wealth. What do you say? God's wealth circulates in my life as well as flows to me in avalanches of abundance. All my needs, desires and goals are met instantaneously by infinite intelligence where I am one with God and God is everything. There goes my mantra. It's always just the first few, few, few bars. You know what I'm saying? Even when I was trying to remember lyrics for shows, it's always the first few bars. But if you've ever like if you've ever rapped as a producer, I don't know how many of y'all are rappers or those who are listening. But, you know, it's the first few bars. God's wealth circulates in my life as well as flows to me in avalanches of abundance. All my needs, desires and goals are met instantaneously by infinite intelligence where I am one with God and God is everything. Now, those words don't mean anything to you until you actually break them down. But. When I broke them down and I kept saying, and I used to say that a lot when I was broke, right? Financially, um, when I was really broke and I was like, man, God's wealth circulates in my life. I guess it does. I'm breathing. I'm, I'm, I'm here. I'm focusing on the abundance. God's wealth circulates in my life as well as flows to me in avalanches of abundance. Avalanche. What does an avalanche look like? It is an onslaught, an overwhelming amount of snow that just comes down a mountain. God's wealth circulates in my life as well as flows to me in avalanches of abundance. Can you imagine the avalanches of abundance? We are having avalanches of abundance. If you are watching this from a smartphone. Right. If you are able to comment on this, which you definitely want to comment and hit that like button. I, you are blessed, my friend. Avalanches of abundance. All my God's wealth circulates in my life as well as flows to me in avalanches of abundance. All my needs, desires, and goals are met instantaneously by infinite intelligence where I am one with God and God is everything. I don't know what you feeling right now. Uh, but that does it for me. That does it for me. And and like I said, the mantras like that are not going to mean anything to you until you gain some understanding, until you say them and start to internalize them. And then you express them in a way that is actually going to have a physical reaction within you. Uh, it's so important. It's so important. And so I want you to focus in on the things that you can be grateful for, especially if you're going through some really hard times right now. You can find that. I'm telling you, that is the ultimate cheat code. You will be indestructible when you get on this side of things. And let's talk about this side of things. Something that I have been giving a lot of thought to is about the type of content that I have created in the past. Some of the content that I have shared that has painted the six figure music producer as the guy on top of the mountain. The older I get, and especially after being a producer that has made six figures in a year, multiple times, no flex, I promise you, I can tell you that is not the end of the journey. And it should not. It should not. It should not be the end goal. That alone, that dollar amount and what you think it represents should not be the end goal. Here's what they're not going to tell you. For those of you that are kind of selling you on those dreams that are using those dreams that you have to do this full time. I want to tell you about some of the things they don't tell you about on this side. 
Um, because I want you to understand how important it is for you to find the happiness and what you have right now, because if you come over here and you get to that level of success, probably the worst thing that can happen than not making it is getting over here and realizing you had more fun before you quote unquote made it to this destination to figure out, damn, I did all of this for some expensive toys for the ability not to be around people and be at work and make connections or be just for that. That that was it. It sounds like a great thing right now. If you're at a job or you're at school and you don't like the people that you're around, but that's it. I worked all this time. And these are thoughts that I had personally in the, in the beginning before I was able to recalibrate and reach and re structure what this time period means for me, because a lot of people are working their ass off to become the next six figure music producer. Not realizing Princeton University did a study in 2018. And in this study, they wanted to figure out if there is a certain dollar amount that we as human beings can make that is basically going to cap out create a ceiling for our happiness, our mental well-being is how they phrased it. They found that there is an initial spike of happiness for all of us, most of us, when we're able to go from sort of the poverty levels of annual income, like 10,000 a year or 5,000 all the way up to 20 something thousand um, when we make that jump from the 20,000 to 50,000, that is probably the highest spike in mental well-being and happiness that we will have that is attached to monetary necessities. Why? Because now the things that we were stressing about, the things that we were struggling about, the things that we were afraid of and fearful of. Well, now you can take care of your bare essentials. Now you're not scared if you can pay the rent or scared if you can make your car note. I mean, there are some people who are still in that situation because they're living above their means. I've been there, but the type of stress and the type of problems change dramatically when you get into that 50,000, 50 K and up space, right? They did further research and found that the cap for your mental well-being, your mental happiness $75,000 a year. That's not six figures, my friends. $75,000 is the last threshold that you will reach that will have a significant impact on your mental well-being and your happiness. Nah, Curtis, it's not possible. You know what I'm saying? Somebody go from 75,000 to to 2 million, they're going to be real real happy. Yes. That happiness doesn't last though. Here's why. Here's elements that they do not teach you. They do not show you this, right? They do not talk about this. When you get into that space, you probably have a business or you're probably in a profession that requires you to work at hours or not work at hours that most of the friends that you came up with are having to work. So one, it puts you in a financial space 
in which you're able to do things that maybe some of the friends that you came up with are not able to do. In essence, they are not able to be at the same places as you. Another point, you're not able to be in some of the same places as them because now with your elevated lifestyle, right? Maybe you're in a fancier car. Maybe you're uh, just looking and smelling like money. It's kind of a liability to be in certain places where maybe folks are not in that tax bracket. It's kind of a, a risk when they're looking at you like, oh, man, he looking like looking like come up of the year. You know what I'm saying? You kind of taking the chance. Some people don't care about that, but I'm just throwing that out there. The third thing, aside from the people that you came up with, you're now in an environment where there are other people who are living like you. However, you got new money and you got old money. And for those that have old money, they got a certain way of doing things. And they probably have more money than your new money. Therefore, you're the brokey inside the, the new wealthy neighborhood. <laughs> it'll tell you about that. Now you are looking at your neighbors and you're like, damn, 75,000 ain't nothing. I need to get to a hundred K so I could really be living like that. So I could have a Hummer or, or a yacht or a Tesla in the front of my in front of my house. Here's the thing about it. When you make decisions financially for your happiness, it's the wrong DNA to unlock the happiness that you want. You're not going to get in happiness. You're going to get short boosts of excitement, not enthusiasm, which lasts longer, short stints of excitement. You'll get it. You'll post it. You'll drive around in it. And then things will start to get old. Right. All of a sudden, you know, you've been eating inside the new car. You try to keep it clean for the first six months, seven months. But now all of a sudden, yeah, it's not such a big deal anymore. It's just your car. Right now you're eating in it. Now I got a little bit of a smell to it. Now some of that dust that does dust don't go around different cars and be like, mm, 92 Honda. Yeah, I'm going to definitely attach myself to that. Mm. Mercedes. Oh, mm, no, no, no. I won't touch you. You're too expensive. No, no. Bird poop. Birds are not selective about what cars they're going to poop on based upon how much money they're worth. You know how ridiculous that sounds? Your car can still get pooped on. Your, your $150,000 car can still get pooped on. So I give these points so that you understand it is a brand new world. When you reach a certain financial threshold and for a lot of people, what motivates them to get from. I should say most people in that bracket, what motivates them to get from one place to the other when it's purely financial are things like keeping up with the Joneses are things like an obsession with just numbers. But they're not things that are actually attached to happiness and fulfillment. That is a small percentage of those who are in that bracket. They are reaching higher levels so that they can provide more opportunities for people around them. Well, you guys know I've talked about this many times of the six needs we have as human beings. Two of those are spiritual. Excuse me. Two of those are uh, uh, spiritual needs, which are the need for growth and a need for contribution. No matter how much money you make, no matter how little money you make, if you're not growing at something or if you're not contributing to something that is bigger than just yourself, you will not be happy. You won't be happy. You won't. 
you won't because you'll think that the reason that you're not happy is that you need more of something more, 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 more. It's not about more. It's about unlocking more. It's not even unlocking more. It's about revealing to yourself who you truly are, the greatness that you truly have within you. It's about revealing all that you have within yourself and showing it to yourself and saying, damn, I did not know I was capable of doing that. I thought that stat was really interesting. 75,000 is where the cap is at. You don't got to make six figures to be, to, to be happy. You do not have to make six figures to be happy. Matter of fact, I start to get skeptical now when I see ads pop up. And mind you, this is what I love about Gen Z. Gen Z, those of you that are younger watching my stuff, Gen Z, I love y'all. I appreciate y'all so much because I was talking to the homie about this and uh, he brought the point up, actually, the homie Epic. And he was saying that our generation, like 30 to 35, uh, maybe even some of the, the, the late 20s, were exposed to the type of producers that got on camera and was like, you see that yacht behind me or you see that house behind me? It's a house by the beach. I made that selling a gajillion beats online. You too can be like that. Let me walk you through the beach, right? <laughs> you guys know, you guys remember, remember some of them early 2000 commercials that look like that. And that was really appealing to us. That was really appealing to us uh, as, I guess, millennials. It was really, really appealing to us. Gen Z don't give a damn about that. Gen Z want to know things like. Who did you invest into in terms of political parties? Who did you invest into? Whose campaign did you invest into? They want to know what your political stance is. They want to know your stance on things like Black Lives Matter on me, too. They want to know your stance on LGBTQ. They want to know everything that you are standing for. They don't care how much money you made. They don't even care who you worked with. They don't care about your credits. They don't care about none of that. They want to know, yo, what you're saying right now, can it work for me right now? I, I don't care. I don't care about the, 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 the I, they have literally been born into the heirs of the Ty Lopez who are like the end of that era, right? They have been born into the Gary V errors. They are, they already know. They're a lot more smarter and a lot more uh, 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 aware, I should say. A lot more skeptical than my generation was. And I love y'all for that because we should have been more skeptical. There's a lot of folks that it took them first giving us these false narratives and false dreams. And then years later, they write a book or they write a Facebook post that says I was at my lowest when I was doing those commercials, <laughs> I was actually broke when I was doing those commercials. Like, come on, fam. Keep it a stack. Keep it a buck. Talk to us as human beings. I love that about y'all. It took me 35 years to get there. For some of y'all, y'all are already there at 18, 19. Much love to y'all for that. Um, but I want you to set realistic goals, not even realistic goals. I want you to see the real side of what this looks like. Buying things is only putting a bandaid over a bullet hole. Hear me out. Buying things is only putting a bandaid over a freaking bullet hole. How well do you think that's going to work? It might help stop the bleeding for a little bit, but at some point. Something's going to need to be done about that. 
that void, that hole. And on top of that, the bullet's still in you. You're still feeling the burn. You're still feeling the pain. So to avoid that whole situation, I want you guys to really, really think about what I'm saying today. 75,000 is doable. I don't care who you are. If you've ever seen an example of someone who looks like you do it, you have the opportunity to do it and you have the Internet and you have the time period like right now where people are afraid to spend money, where people are afraid to launch on their ideas. They're either afraid or they're either looking at this as this is the era that pioneers are born. This is the era that things happen. This is the era that the producers get paid. Uh, shout out to the homie Superstar O who sent me this shirt, man. I can't believe I got a shirt from Superstar O, man. Like, that's a big deal to me, man, because I remember watching his videos early on. We're going to talk about all that. But, um, yeah, I want you to look at that and really give thought to it. And I want you to write that list, that five minute list of things you are grateful for. If you can turn it into a daily regimen. 30 days from now, you won't recognize who you are. I promise that. Let's take a little second and uh, get a word from our sponsors over at DistroKid. Hey. Music producers, something I talk about pretty frequently is the necessity of having multiple streams of revenue as an independent music producer. Not only for when you're actually producing, but what about those days after you stop producing? You got to make sure that you have streams of revenue that are going to live on even further than your current career. That being said, one stream of revenue that I think gets often overlooked is music distribution, aka streaming, getting your music on Apple Music, getting your music on Spotify, etc., etc. Now, the number one spot that I go to to make sure that I distribute my music properly and ensure that I get my music to every store possible is DistroKid at DistroKid.com. I know you've heard me speak about it multiple times on my YouTube channel, but I got to tell you, there's a reason why it's the number one that I go to. For $19.99 per year, I can upload an unlimited amount of music throughout the year. As producers, you know we make an abnormal amount of music in comparison to songs that get created, so it's important that you use this as a consistent stream of income. If you'd like to sign up to DistroKid today and get your music to every major distributor, Go to distrokid.com forward slash VIP forward slash Curtis King to get 7% off. All right. Thank you, DistroKid, for being the sponsor of the Curtis King podcast. So, producers, let's end this on what the title of this actual podcast is. I appreciate you giving me an opportunity to encourage you in the first half of this. But now let's end it with the most important word that you can put in a music producer's vocabulary. Producers, we're in a different era. We're in an era that the era before you was hoping to get to. We're in an era where we are in an era where on the Internet, you have the ultimate leverage by having an access to an audience or at least the opportunity. It used to be the only way that you develop leverage as a music producer was based upon the value or the. the magnitude of the placements that you received within the traditional music industry before this year, which has been a hell of a year, that narrative was already changing. There were producers who were examples of, of those who can find their own leverage on the internet, a group that did that, and you hardly see me 
mention them because I had some weird exchanges on the online with them. But uh, what needs to be said is that regardless of these weird exchanges, I got respect for these entities. Uh, groups like Internet Money. They created their leverage online first. They made it to where they were literally. The. I guess you can call it anti-industry, but they were the example of what you could do as a producer when you invested it all in yourself. Another example of that superstar. Oh. Invest it all in yourself. Another example of that. Somebody that I don't particularly care for. Busy works beats. These are all folks who are pioneers. And like I said, regardless of my own personal issues, facts are facts. And you got to tell it like it is. They figured out ways to establish their own real estate right where they stand. And you got to respect that. You got to respect that. Um, I know I didn't mention everybody and I know you guys have many more names. Those are the first ones that are coming to mind. I mind you, I'm doing this podcast off the top of my head and um, I'm, I'm throwing these things around. But what I feel that those producers have in common and all the other producers who have figured it out. Right. Even I think about the homie Simon Savita. I think about the homie Decap. I think about um, all the all the homies that have established footing. Within this, they figured out what the most powerful word in the music producer vocabulary is. You know what that word is? You probably know it by now. The word is no. The word no is the most powerful word in a music producer's vocabulary. And let me explain why. There was a time where producers felt pressured to say yes to everything because Depending on the situation that they were saying yes to, whether it was an artist that said, I need that beat and I'm only going to pay you this. I need you to come to this session uh, on short notice, regardless of what you got going on. Uh, I need you to give up your credits to someone else who's a bigger producer and just come in basically as a ghost producer so that you can get your feet wet. Uh, whether it was even on an independent level, artists telling producers I'm not going to pay that. Here's what I have. Deal with it. Or, you know, uh, artists stealing beats from from producers and making them deal with the consequences of that. And producers feeling like they were alone on an island. It ain't the same like it was, fam. It ain't the same like it was. Now, producers with a following online have the capability instead of shooting off tweets, ranting and complaining about what this person did to do a YouTube video. I'm a case in point example of it. I had a particular situation that involved suicide boys and a beat of mine that, uh, you know, basically got elements of it added, small elements added, very, very similar to the actual original beat. And then the production credit got stolen for it. Instead of me getting on Twitter and ranting about it, I made a video about it. And then you guys sent messages out there. You guys went and talked to them. 
And then what did that do? That got them to at least give me credits on the Genius lyrics page. I didn't ask for any of that. I just wanted to bring attention to something like I see it. I see it and it's no big deal. It's whatever. It, it, it was a big deal enough for me to share it because it's my beat. And I feel the necessity to at least acknowledge, hey, 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 oh, that's one of your biggest songs. That's crazy because that's actually my beat. And uh, we probably should mention the producer who actually made that beat. I don't know. It might be something worth doing. Um, but even that, I flipped it and I said, you know what? I probably stole the VSTs to make that beat at that time because it's such an old beat. So kind of had it coming. But that is the leverage that we have. The most important word in your vocabulary is no. And it doesn't just apply to artists. It just doesn't apply to labels for placement. This applies to even the companies that reach out to you. There are major companies and plugins and, uh, you know, brands that reach out that, uh, you know, they may know you from a few videos online or see the following that you have. And one thing that I have noticed is that they have turned into a lot of them do great business, but a lot of them have turned into the new major label. They come to you and they say, hey, we love the work that you're doing. It's fantastic. Uh, we want you to cover our product. Cool. You want me to cover your product? OK, cool. That's you know, what, what do you want me to do? We have this list of things for you to cover. OK, no problem. Uh, how much creative freedom do I have? Mm, you got you got some. You got some. You got some. You got some. OK, uh, what do you need me to do? Well, here's the list. <sighs> <laughs> it's like a Looney Tunes. <sighs> we want you to say this, 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 and then put a thumbs up and then fade out to the logo. Yeah, we got an issue with that. Uh, I have built a trust with my audience because they know that I cannot be bought and I would not share something on this channel if I don't believe it or if I not have tried it myself. I won't share it on the channel. And I don't know if the companies that reach out don't understand that aspect or if they just don't care. But we have to care. And what I've noticed is that when you say yes to everyone and everything, you don't have much value. It does open yourself up to opportunities. I remember reading this in a 10x rule that he would say yes to every yes to pretty much everything. Um, especially when his biggest issue was obscurity. And for some of you, maybe you are in a position where that income could uh, do some great things for you. And if it means being flexible about their criteria for creating videos, no big deal, right? But then again, some of you are in a position and I'm more so talking to my peers, I guess that represent the 10% of music producers. You are in a position to where you have power because you have built up trust from your audience trust that companies cannot buy okay companies cannot buy trust if you only been around for six months and you got a hell of a budget and you throw up ads you'll make some sales but you have no customer loyalty because what is your track record what have you done for this community what have you done for me cool plug-in bro plugins come out all the time that are tight what else? Why do I feel and why do I feel 
attached to a contact library or, or attached to complete or why do I feel sort of like a, a, a commitment or, or loyalty or even just a, a general confidence when I open up Omnisphere? Because those are brands, Spectronics, those are brands that have established footing in this game and they have great reputations and their work speaks for itself. There it is. But there are companies out there that are banking on you needing money. And they are trying to get you at the lowest dollar amount possible, knowing that they have more money available to pay you that you deserve to have because of what they need from you. They're basically asking you as a producer, could you take a second from your general work and share some of that validation that we need within your audience that doesn't know us or trust us. Can you, as a trusted voice, speak for us for a second, be an ambassador? My question to that in these companies is, cool, let's do it. But pay me what an ambassador should be getting. Who do you think you are? Who, do, who the hell do you think you are, Curtis? You, you're lucky to even get anybody hitting you up after... Mr. FL studio and all the situations that happen with that. So be it. I have a mentality that says this, no matter what happens, no matter if the biggest brand comes to me and I drop the ball and I say no, or it could have been a great opportunity, even if they're paying all kind of money. If it doesn't make sense, it doesn't make sense. If it's not a hell yeah, it's a hell no. And there's a lot of brands that only they get that. I don't think they understand how much leverage and how much independence we have until we say no. If you start with no, they have to change the way they talk to you. Some of them may just be like, all right, cool. You need us. We don't need you, whatever. But if you continue doing the great work that you're already doing, if you continue growing upon what you're already setting in as your foundation, what you cannot forget is this, my friends. They reached out to you because the work that you've already done has reached a certain level that has gained that has gained their attention. Can't ignore that. Yet when they talk to you, when they negotiate with you about covering a plug in or covering uh, uh, whatever it is for their brand. The first thing they want to talk to you do uh, you the first thing they want to talk to you about is your vanity statistics. How many followers you have? Uh they want to talk to you about um you know what what is your Instagram reach? They want to talk to you as if those are the only metrics to measure the impact that a producer has and they're not. There are certain metrics that maybe they can be quantified. But certain metrics such as the amount of trust that an audience has within you and your brand, that's something that you really can't put a dollar amount on. And you're able to, in that situation, determine what you feel that that is worth to you. The worst thing they can say since they're reaching out to you is it's not for us. No, thank you. Fine. You go back to doing the work you were going to be doing anyways. But if they say yes, it's a different ballpark. It's a different leverage. And so I have figured out one of my biggest fears when I was first coming up as a producer was finally getting a foot in the door 
for an opportunity that I really, really wanted and messing it up by doing something goofy, by doing something wrong, by messing up, by making errors, um, by not saying yes to something that maybe I wasn't a thousand percent in on. But the older I get, the more I realize my career and my success has been shaped by the by the things that I have said no to, not the things that I've said yes to. The things that I have said no to, even if I didn't understand it at the time, built my value up. Because then people have to ask questions like the audacity for you to say no to me. You must have something going on over there. I wonder what you got going on. Yeah, 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 yeah. What you think his real price tag is then? Right, let's 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 up it up a little bit. Let's see if he'll say yeah. He's going. He definitely going to say yes to this. All right, ten racks. No, thank you. This fool said no to ten racks. Oh no 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 no. He 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 just. You know what I'm saying? Like like offer offer a a a a not for release. Offer him the the plug in for free. No 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 no. I cannot be bought. And I enjoy the work that I'm doing. Some people. Even aside from companies, influencers would try to leverage that. I've had folks that reach out to me that tell me, you know, uh, uh, yo, let's 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 work on something. OK, sounds good. It's a big influencer. But what do you want to work on? I don't know. You got any ideas? No, I don't have any ideas. I don't. I don't. I don't. <laughs> I don't. I don't. Because I was working on my my goals. I was working on my business because I felt that it was worthy. I still feel that it's worthy. I feel like I am building upon something that has longevity. This collaboration may be one of many to come. And so it, it leaves me stuck when, you know, folks just kind of disrupt what you already have going on and expect you to just create everything for them. So music producers, I'm going to tell you this. The most powerful word in your vocabulary is going to be no. Don't be afraid of missing out on anything because chances are not even chances are the fact of the matter is you can never miss out on anything. Whatever you said no to, whatever you dropped the ball on either subconsciously or consciously, you were supposed to drop the ball on. It was supposed to happen that way because if you even on a subconscious level, that's probably where it's even more serious. If you drop the ball on something, it probably means somewhere inside of you, you feel like you're not ready for it or somewhere inside of you. You still need to do work because you feel like you don't deserve the opportunities. That's why when you see people who have a, 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 a high, not even a high, a very fast rise in a particular industry and then a crash. When they're able to pick themselves up, because a lot of people can't do that when they're able to pick themselves up. And do it again. Have you ever noticed that even when the second version of them maybe isn't as big or as loud or as as famous or as known about. It's stronger. They look better. They look more confident. They look happier. Isn't that what this is all about? Isn't that what this truly is all about? So my friends use that word. Use that word so much more. Than using yes. If you're going to say yes to anything, say yes to yourself. Say yes to the opportunities, you know, with time and patience, you can create on your own. 
I'm not telling you to have an ego and I'm not telling you to say no to things that would actually be a great opportunity, a mutually beneficial opportunity. But I'm telling you that your power will grow the more that you say no. More so than when you say yes. If it's not a hell yes, it's a hell no. These are words from your friend Curtis King. And I think we're going to end it right there. Once again, music producers, this is the Curtis King podcast. I want to say thank you for all of you that have been listening from ever you're listening from, uh, whether it's Spotify or the Apple Podcasts or any of the other distributors. I want to say thank you sincerely. If you enjoy the content of this uh, podcast, we're here every single week on Mondays. Uh, we may even be doing some more stuff along the way. I may start putting some of the interviews up. We'll think about it. We'll see how it goes. Uh, I like to stay pretty flexible about those things, but definitely give us a five star rating. Leave a comment. This is how we move up, uh, you know, within the music podcast charts so that more people can know about us. We would greatly appreciate it. For those of you that are on the YouTube, YouTube gang, make sure that you like this video. Subscribe to the channel if you're not already subscribed and share this video if there's something that resonated with you. And matter of fact, like we do or we did last week, leave a comment about something that really, really resonated with you today. And if you can't just write three things that you're grateful for today, I think that'll be super dope. Three things that you're grateful for today. OK, so like I always say in this life, you will not be full of life until you decide to live life to its fullest. Once again, it's Curtis King of SlapExperts.com. Get Conundrum. It's out now. Have a good one.